Well, I believe that what Christ is speaking about here in the gospel is the resurrection of the dead, the general resurrection of the dead. And I think we see this as well in our first reading when St. Paul says, uh, when you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, which is the first installment of our inheritance toward redemption as God's possession. And uh, so this life and this life and our uh, investment in Christianity in this life and in God's gift of the Holy Spirit, what we find is just a, a first installment. It's a prelude. And uh, we're going to get the full installment in the resurrection of the dead. This is a distinctly uh, Jewish and Christian and then hence Islamic, but you know, foundationally uh, uh, a distinctly biblical belief. Um, there isn't any other religion in the world that believes in the resurrection of the dead. And when Christianity was first brought to uh, the non-Jewish people in the ancient world, it was a point of great contention. They're like, what? You believe that the body is going to be raised from the dead? The body is, is worth nothing. It's just uh, what really matters is the spirituality of the soul. Because that's how the ancient pagans thought. And really all pagan religion has a tendency to um, glorify the, in, the internal spiritual nature of the human person at the expense of the body. That's one of the kind of a hallmark of pagan thinking. But the Bible uh, teaches us something very differently. It reveals to us that, that God, from the beginning of the creation, has had an intention for the human person. That, that intention was that the human person would live forever in God's presence and in perfect communion with him. But in the totality of, of the person, and that includes the body, we are essentially uh, and inescapably bodily beings as well as spiritual beings. That's our nature. This is how God created us. And when our souls are separated from our body, it's something almost kind of unnatural. Okay, It's almost like the soul is begging for the body to be rejoined to it. And that wish of the soul will be fulfilled at the resurrection of the dead. And that's why Christ is able to say, don't be afraid of anybody, even those who kill you. Okay, Because God knows all the hairs on your head and he's going to reconstitute you in your very bodily uh, being. He's going to reconstitute you. On Judgment Day, and then what is going to matter is what you did in secret, whether it was righteous or whether it was wicked. God knows all of that, and everybody's going to be judged. And so the wicked themselves will be raised on the last day, and their bodies will be reconstituted, and they will suffer for eternity. This is what you know Christ talks about. He talks about Gehenna. Gehenna is another word for hell. They will suffer for all eternity in their very bodies, and conversely, the righteous will uh, be glorified, and their bodies will participate in that glorification as well. And uh, so speaking about, you know, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, today we celebrate the Feast of a Martyr, Pope St. Callistus I, who was uh, ordained a deacon by Pope Zephyrinus uh, in 199, so very, very ancient times, okay, 199 A.D. And... Uh, I think that he became, I don't, let's see if I got on my notes here. Yeah, he's ordained, um, 
Yeah, he was a deacon then for about 18 years because in 217, um, he was then made the Pope. And that was very common in the ancient church is that the deacon was like the right-hand man. The, the, the Pope's deacon was like the Pope's right-hand man. And the deacon had control over all of the property and the, and the money uh, that the church had. Um, and so they were very, very important uh, in, the, in the government and structure of the Church of Rome. And they were normally the ones who were made popes after the given pope died. So after Zephyrinus died, uh, Deacon Calixtus was, was made, uh, Calixtus was made pope. What's very interesting is when he was a deacon, though, he was given um, charge of the cemetery in Rome, and and it's a very famous cemetery to this day. It's called the it's known as under by his name, and that whole area is designated. And you go down deep down, it's, they're considered catacombs. And you go down, you find all the burial of these uh, third century popes. Um, Callistus was given charge of the cemetery. Now, this word itself, let's think of this word cemetery. It's very interesting. Um, Etymologically, meaning the history of the word itself, the word cemetery, goes back to a Greek word, koimaterion, uh, which is then rooted in a, in, a, in a verb, a Greek verb, koimao, which means to sleep. To sleep. It's very interesting. And the pagans, they called their cemeteries necrop- necropolis, city of the dead. But for the Christian, the dead were just those who sleep. And they're going to, they're waiting to be awoken on the day of judgment so that their body, when their bodies are rejoined with their souls. So it shows you the very name cemetery is a Christian, has a Christian origin. And at its very root is the idea of the resurrection of the dead. That's why the church dissuades us from cremating the body. It's permitted because in certain circumstances, uh, especially in other countries that don't have a lot of room, cremation is a necessary thing. But it's not ideal, okay? It's more of a pagan practice. Church dissuades us from doing it. So the, it's preferred to have the body buried because this is, it's integral to the Christian tradition, the Christian understanding of the resurrection of the dead. In fact, I, w- I just did a funeral recently and I learned something from a funeral director. I didn't know this. Uh, he said to me, we bury all of the bodies facing the sun. Okay, so it's like if your body's laid down, it's that way. The sun's rising, so the east is that way. That's how they bury. That's normally how a cemetery will bury the bodies. It's an ancient Christian tradition. And what he didn't know is that from the earliest times, Christians prayed to the east because Christ said, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. So Christians always face to the east. Most churches in the history of Christianity are oriented towards the east. And Christ is going to come from the east and then all the dead are going to be raised. And so it's a Christian tradition for the body to be buried facing where Christ is going to come, awaiting the time when those who are asleep in the koimaterion, in the place where people sleep, are going to be awoken from their sleep and raised. Um, so this is our hope, and, and we live our lives in expectation of, of this great day.